0: I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times best-selling author of Take the Stairs. Well, some people might say you should never promote competitors or people who do something similar to what you would do. And to that, I would say, let me introduce you to my good friend, Chris Ducker, who does something in the vein, the similar vein to what we do at Brand Builders Group, honestly. And he's one of the best in the world at it. And I've known him for years. And I have always been someone who just rejects scarcity and believes in abundance. And if people can learn from me or him or both of us, all the better. Chris is one of the pioneers of this space of sort of online experts and helping them become more well-known. He's written a couple different books that were sort of flagship to the space. So Virtual Freedom, and then more recently Rise of the Youpreneur. He's got a program called the Upreneur Incubator, which takes people who are just starting out as sort of experts and trying to like find their way. It's a year long program to help them make six figures. And he's running an event coming up, a free experience where you can check this out. It's called the Elevated Entrepreneur Experience. And it's coming up and he messaged me about it. And I was like, yeah, man, we want to tell people about it. So we want you to sign up to check out the free experience. You can do that at brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash elevated. But obviously you're going to get a chance to meet him and learn about him here. I've had him on the show before. I really admire him. He's a real entrepreneur. He's built businesses in the Philippines and the US and the UK. He operates out of the UK right now and it's just truly built virtual businesses, has a great reputation. We've got lots of very similar friends or friends that we share with one another. And anyways, he's just a stud. So Chris, welcome to the show, man. This is so good. You call me a
1: stud right at the end of the introduction. Stud? Yes. I'm down with this. This is good. Can we end the chat now on that at, very on high- stud? Real, just, very real just, note.
0: That's, we'll cut that for Instagram. <laughs> Chris Ducker's a stud. And we'll just push it. but It's good to be back
1: on the show, dude. Thanks again for having me back.
0: appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I think the easiest way to describe to people what you do is it in some ways is similar to us. I mean, in many Mm -hmm. ways, you help them build, launch, build, scale, expert businesses. You help them figure out what they should be known for. And I love talking about it. And your stuff is super affordable. It's super good. It's totally legit and trustworthy. And I think people should know about it. So. You know, before the show, we were just c- kind of talking a little bit about like, what's the starting point for somebody and how figuring out what you want to be known for is like a big thing. And there's, I think with, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the pandemic, I don't think we've had you on since COVID, right? So the world is- Maybe right at the beginning, I think
1: I might. Maybe on. right at the right, beginning,
0: yeah. but like, you know, where does somebody start? Like, what's the first step here of going, okay, maybe they just got- let go from their job maybe mm-hmm. they, they finally bailed maybe covid happened and they didn't want to go back into the office and so now they're going like hey could i actually run my own thing from home what's the first step
1: well the first step is a little selfish actually and there's nothing wrong with that the first step to figuring out how or what kind of expert business you're going to build is honestly to figure out what it is you want to be known for and i think mm-hmm. a lot of people try to go too broad too kind of wide at the beginning of it all. And they don't understand the entire kind of process of niching down or niching down to our brothers and sisters from the other side (laughs) of the pond there, you know, and genuinely like niching down as far as you possibly can go so that your language becomes uber simple to understand and just kind of like really kicks people straight away. When they discover you, they think, oh my God, this person, where's this person been all my life? I need more of this. That's what we want. We want to ultimately become somebody's favorite. That's what mm. we want to do. And we will never become somebody's favorite by being too broad, by, being, by casting that net too wide. So as an example, if I can share an example, like if you think health coach, There are a gazillion health coaches out there. It's very vanilla nowadays to say that you're a health coach, right? But if you say, I'm a health coach that works with men, now we're starting to get somewhere. Now we're starting to niche down a little bit. But if you're a health coach that works with men in their 40s and beyond, now we've niched down one step further. But let's try one more step to really nail in here. You're a health coach that works with men who are 40 plus. Who are recovering from major surgery. Boom. There's your niche, right? Mm. There's your niche right there. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a thousand prospects visiting your website every single week, but what it does mean is that whenever anybody does visit your website, you and the language that you're using in the marketing, the copy that you're using, the imagery, everything, it'll all sing to them. And they very quickly turn around and say, yes, Rory's my guy. I want to learn how to be able to get back into shape, how to get my strength back, how to start eating healthier again, and really give myself a new lease of life following my surgery. I'm going to give this guy a call. Mm-hmm. So that's the important is really understanding what it is you want to be known for right out the gate.
0: Well, okay. So love that. Concur with that. When you said you may not have thousands of people coming to your website But the people who come, you're going to be speaking right to them. And they're going to say, where have you been all my life? We use the term native tongue. So that we say like, you're speaking in their native tongue. Like they get you and they get that you get them. And it's like, okay, what I have found, Chris, that holds people back is the emotional. In order to do that, which is wonderful and brilliant, you have to sort of separate and let go of this like, I'm going to have 5 million followers and I'm going to have 60 million people on YouTube and I'm going to be the person who's on billboards. And like, there's like a when you talk about niching down, it's like you are at the same time, it feels like there's almost like you have to do this emotional release of the desire to be known by everybody yeah. and instead say, I'm going to deliberately and intentionally choose to be known deeper by the few than a little bit by everybody. How do you overcome that hurdle? Like, what would you say to somebody going like, cause I think that's what people struggle with. They go, but I wanna help everybody, right? Sure. And you gotta almost wave bye-bye to that. Or do you think, how do you think about that? Well, you do, you gotta wave
1: bye-bye, you know, without a doubt, like I always say, like, you gotta market like a magnet, right? That's my thing, like you market like a magnet. So at the same time that you're attracting the right people mm. into your ecosystem, at the exact same time, just like a magnet, you're repelling away the wrong people, right? Like we don't want the people that don't, you know, they don't kind of jive with our vibe, right? Like if they don't understand where we're nice. coming like from- that. You can't yeah, be like, here
0: if you can't jive with my vibe.
1: If, you, if you're not jiving with my vibe, baby, I, don't, I just don't want you around, <laughs> simple as that. So like, I'm just a big believer that, you know, you put more of you into what it is that you're doing, you will attract more likewise people into your world. So for example- I practice bonsai. I like to drink fine single malt whiskey and American bourbon. I like to build Lego with my children. All these things make up part of me and my personality. So I'll talk about those things when I'm coaching people. As you know, I'll use examples of, you know, when you get a raw piece of material that will eventually become a beautiful bonsai one day the branches are all leggy and the scraggy and there's foliage missing. And, you know, all this, or the roots might not be very strong and all these, you building up this tree from scratch fundamentally by pruning back, by wiring, by feeding, by watering, by repotting, using different types of soils for different types of trees and all these types of things. All that, what I've just said just now, that's building a business too we use different types of soil in different types of industry. In other words, we say and do things differently in one industry than we do in another one, and so on and so on and so on. The branches, the foliage, that's staff, customers, suppliers, products, services, experiences, whatever it is, Right. so when I talk about those things, people who get it get me, and therefore they just naturally gravitate towards me. So I think you have to kiss goodbye to a certain amount of the population. You can't please all the people all the time. And quite frankly, if you try and do it, it's just exhausting, plain and simple. It's burnout is inevitable as far as I'm concerned in that scenario. And so I'm all about, like you say, I would rather have a hundred people on my email list that open every single email, buy everything that I put out, read every Mm. book that I write, and talk about me when they're at the dinner parties, the conferences, the coffee meetings, right? Rather than 10,000 people on the email list, the do diddly squat. Yeah. So I think by niching down, narrowing down that message, and also the big thing is the language that you use becomes that much more attractive to that person because you're speaking directly to them based on wants, needs, pain points, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. When you talk about niching down, like, so in your example, you use, you know, a health coach for men over 40 who recovered from surgery. The who is a big part of that example. Men, you're niching down by who you're serving. So it's sort of like the what that you're doing is health coaching. But in your example, where you were niching down was by the who you're doing it for. So it was like, it wasn't what you were doing. It was who you were doing it for. Is that most of where niching comes from? Does niching come from not so much niching what you do, but who you do it for? Or are there other types of niching? Or like, is that sort of like the primary... Vehicle or like the most practical thing that people can do if they're going, okay, how do I niche down? Right. Like I'm an accountant. I've spent my whole life being an accountant. And so you go, okay, who are you going to be an accountant for? I mean, that's clearly one way. Is that the best way? Is that the only way? Is that kind of the the most practical way? Or what do you think?
1: I don't know whether it's the only way or whatever, but I mean, like, I think it's probably the most practical. When you think about building a business, it's hard enough as it is to build a business. Right? Like, what is it? 87% of all small businesses crash and burn in the first five years, or something like that. You know, it's tough to build a business. I think it's even tougher if you are casting that net too wide. I think if you're, you know, it's for me personally, I just feel like if you're going into something with a very clear picture as to who you're going to help, you can almost paint that picture not only for yourself, but also for them as well. The what or the how of how you help them, obviously, that can totally be niched down as well. So a perfect example is the differences between the two of us. We're very clearly in a very similar scenario in terms of the, the types of people that we help, right? We help people that are building a personal brand based around their expertise and their experience, the influence that they have in their industries, and ultimately the people that they want to serve. That's a very, very strong. Similar uh, who? Very
0: very similar similar who, who, but the way that we do it is very different.
1: Couldn't be any different. It couldn't be any different. You go one-on-one all the way. I don't want to work with people one-on-one. It doesn't fire me up. I want to work. That's a
0: great distinction because that is exactly, that's exactly it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I see. And like I said, right out the gate, you can be a little selfish. Like it's okay. This is your business, right? Just because I don't help or work with people one-on-one doesn't mean that I couldn't do it, but I don't want to do it. You know That's the definition of why I don't do it. It's because I don't want to do it. I want to work with groups. I don't want to work one-on-one. And so just because we can do all these different things doesn't mean that we should do them all. Um, often when I say that, I instantly get a flashback to when I was learning how to drive. My mm. driving instructor, her name was Vanessa. And here in the UK, around built-up areas, the speeding limit is 30 miles per hour. And I just kept going right up to that 30 number, like 29, 30, 29, 30, 31, 29, 30, 29, 30. And she pulled me over after about my third or my fourth lesson. She said to me, Chris, I want to just clarify something real quick. It's a speed limit. It's not a speed target. Just because you can hit it doesn't mean that you should be hitting it all the time. And that's never left me that lesson.
0: That's good. It's
1: just, it's just like the way that we monetize our personal brands. Let's count them off. Books, coaching, high-level consulting, advisories on boards, online courses, speaking. There's so many different ways that we could end up ultimately monetizing our expertise. But just because we can do all those things doesn't mean that we actually should do them. <laughs> Talk to you soon.
0: Well. For some, it's a speed limit. For some, it's a speed target. For others, it's a speed suggestion or a speed yes. minimum. <laughs> a speed a speed minimum. S- suggestion. I have yeah. to tell you, buddy. So we just got back from Australia and I rented a car. And I totally forgot that they drive on the other side of the road from we drive on in the U.S. And I drove an eight passenger van for 10 days on the other side of the road. We had some like one time I been
1: in the middle of nowhere.
0: (laughs) It was like pretty crazy. So we just we had the kids with us so we couldn't like just take Ubers and stuff all the time because we got toddlers. So we need the car seats and all that. But anyways, yeah, that's good. Like people just go, oh. They automatically assume that's what you have to do because that's just what you see like as available. So some people do events and masterminds. And I do think that, and any other ways for niching down? So we talked about the who, you know, the who you do it for, you know, the how you do it, any other things that you would say there in terms of niching down?
1: You know, the the what and the why's and everything. I mean, I think that can probably all be pretty much, you know, integrated into those two major... Focus. Yeah. I mean, you know, it really comes down to this the type of person that I want to work with. That's the who. You know, the why is because I feel called, because I've been in that position before. I want to help them out now. I know what to do. You know, the how, well, I'm going to do it via these types of programs or this type of thing. You know, the when, well, I'm going to do it, you know, the second and third quarter of each year, I'm going to take the rest of the time off. You know, again, your business, you get to call the shots. You can be a little bit selfish, but obviously at first you've got to pull back on the throttle and tick some boxes and make sure that you're doing things in the right way for the right reasons. And for me, that all centers around the person that you're working with.
0: Mm-hmm. From an advertising perspective or a marketing perspective, being clear on who you're serving, this is one of the reasons. Yeah. Well, actually, let me ask this as a question. Why do you think it works this way? Why is it that niching down is a faster way to make more money than servicing everyone? Because it's sort of, not sort of, it's directly counterintuitive. You would think, oh, the fastest way to make a lot of money is to just to make something that is available to everyone. But I think what you're saying is the opposite. And that's been my experience is that it's actually, you make a lot more money by serving fewer people, but why? Like, what are the reasons? Why does it work? Yeah. Why does it work? Right? Why does it work? Because I think if people really understand why, I really think people are hung up on this emotional release of going, okay, I'm not going to have millions of millions of followers. I'm going to find a small group and I'm going to serve them really, really well. And if we can get them to kind of latch on to why it works and that it really is the way, I think more people will let go of that more quickly and kind of follow the path.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, you know, again, I think it comes back to the language that you use. I think people, consumers, our clients, our prospects they want to be made a fuss of. They want to feel special. Who doesn't want to feel special? Who doesn't want to feel as if somebody's talking directly to them rather than just a whole bunch of folks, right? And I just, I think that's one of the reasons why it works so well from a marketing standpoint. When you're talking to somebody, uh, an avatar specifically, and that avatar has a specific set of problems that you have a specific set of skills to help them with, you know, Liam Nielsen taken style, right? Nice. When you're doing that, you're going to be more successful than you were if you were, again, here's me using the same term, casting the net too wide. And that's the reason why it works so well, because people want to feel special. They want to be made a fuss of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of it is just language. It's just like it's like you're talking to them in a way that they understand, it makes them feel known, it makes them feel heard, so they're really just drawn to them. Um, Perfect example.
1: Right. I've got an accountant friend of mine who could be an accountant for any company on the planet. However, he specializes in working with angel investors and corporations that invest in startup companies. Here in the UK, there's a whole bunch of government schemes in that regards. I'm sure it's probably the same in the United States as well. But he works specifically with people who invests in and advise startup companies. Right? He could work with anybody as an accountant, but that's what he does. That's his niche, and he's very, very, very successful. So mm-hmm. I think it's about picking one thing and just and just you know running for yeah, the hills. On but it, it, like in that
0: example, you go, okay, everyone has an accountant. But if I'm that type of person, I'm an angel investor, I need a specialized accountant, which means I can have two. I can have my general one, but now Absolutely. I can have my other one. So I don't have to be the only accountant they ever hire because they're hiring me for this specific thing. Like if I am a surgeon on this specific thing, you might have multiple surgeons in your life, but you're going to be like, I need this one. All right. Well, I love that. I think that's really important. So I want to shift the rest of our time to how do you get the first customer because this is the other big roadblock i think people struggle with you know first of all it's like they got to sort of let go of the i'm going to be all things to all people in all places on all platforms all the time you know when it's like you're a solopreneur or you have a few people it's like you can't do all of these things all the time really well the other big roadblock i think people really get hung up on is the first customers like their first sales or like if you are doing this as a side hustle you know, and you don't like your job and you want to do your own thing and you're going, but I'm scared to make enough income to, you know, create a exit ramp, so to speak, from my job. Like, is it social media? Is it going live? Is it sending emails? Is it blogging? Is it speaking? Is it, you know, knocking on doors? Is it like printing out flyers? Like, what the heck? Like, how do you get your first customers? Well, it's
1: all of those things, but you can't do them all, you know? So it's choosing your weapon. When I say that phrase, as you know, I'm a basketball head. So as a hoop guy, I think back to the 80s commercials with Converse, where you had Magic and you had Larry, both MVPs, both won their championships. Both had exactly the same pair of sneakers from Converse. Magic's was white and purple and gold, and Larry's was black and white. Identical shoes. The two of them back-to-back muskets at dawn, holding the shoes like guns with the phrase, choose your weapon. Hmm. They both fit your foot exactly the same, but you're either a Larry fan or you're a magic fan. So you're going to buy the shoe that relates to that person, right? Same sort of type of situation. Finding your first kind of customers is about, well, okay, I can record a podcast and start publishing that every week, or I can do a YouTube channel or I can be on Instagram all day long, or I can dance on TikTok. You know, I can do all these different things. But again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Not only that, but also if you go all in on one particular platform with one particular offer, you're way more likely to get a sale happening sooner rather than later than you would do if you had a whole bunch of different offers and you were focusing on a whole bunch of different platforms. So my advice really for anybody that wants to get kind of going with things The lowest hanging monetization fruit when it comes to monetizing your expertise is your time. It's you. It's working with people one-on-one fundamentally. It doesn't need to be done forever, but it's the easiest sale to make because you've got all this experience in your memory bank. Somebody else wants to download it into their memory bank. They're happy to invest X amount of dollars per hour to sit with you and learn from you because you've been there, done that, and you've been wearing the t-shirt for years. The only issue with that particular monetization strategy is it's not super scalable, right? There's only so many hours in the day, which means you can only work with so many people. Now, you could end up ultimately working with a smaller amount of number, double, triple, quadruple your fee, and end up making more money that way. But even then, your time is going to get maxed out sooner or later. And so that's when you have other monetization vehicles like digital courses, group coaching, and that sort of type of thing coming into play, masterminds, things like that, where you can ultimately make more with less effort, but straight out of the gate, it comes down to really just charging for your time, you know? And, you know, I did this exercise maybe three years ago with one particular client of mine who was just getting started. He was in the uh, branding and design world graphic design, that sort of type of stuff. And he had a good following on his blog, but it was kind of not really doing anything. And he was feeling a little bit downhearted about it because he's got all these people on his email list. I think at the time he had maybe 1,500 or so people on his list. And he just wasn't making any money, you know. He was trying to throw a whole bunch of stuff out to see what people would bite at. And I just said to him, look, Phil, the next time you send out an email, put a little PS note. I call this the power PS. Put a little PS at the end of your email that says... I never do this, but next month I'm opening up five spots on my calendar for five 60-minute consultation sessions. If you've been reading my emails for a while or visiting my blog for a while, you'll know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. If you think I can help you and you're willing to pay, I think it was like 500 bucks for the hour, then click this link. The first five people to sign up will get the time. 24 hours, all five slots gone. Two and a half grand off one email sent to a list that's been emailed over and over and over again, never bought anything because he wasn't selling anything of value. So ultimately it really comes down to just choosing that weapon and choosing that vehicle, that platform for him, it was email for you. It might be podcasting or for something else. And just sticking to that for a little while until you get some hits.
0: Yep. 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 I love that. I mean, that's great. So basically it's just like to any of those marketing methods will work as long as you're Mm -hmm. not, but doing all of them won't work. It's like, pick the one, choose your weapon. That is really, really great advice. So I mentioned earlier, if everyone goes to brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash elevated, Chris is doing a free three-day experience. It's called the Elevated Entrepreneur Experience. What's going to happen here, Chris? Like, What exactly is going on? Tell us about this Elevated Entrepreneur Experience. And again, URL, brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash elevated.
1: Yeah, cool. So... This is, I've never done this before. Actually, it's the first time I've done it. What I've done is I've taken all of the best stuff that I've taught my paying clients over the 18 months from basically now going backwards. And I've put it into a three-day cycle. So we're going to meet up three days in a row for about 60 to 90 minutes each day. Okay. On day number one, we're doing what we call our diagnosis snapshot. And we're kind of looking at auditing our business, what's working, what's not, What do we got? What do we not got? What's missing? And even if you're just starting out, this is a great way to be able to kind of really start to ascertain exactly what you want to do and what you don't want to do. So we're going to be doing that as well as a whole bunch of marketing stuff and platform building and stuff like that on day one. Day number two, we're going to switch gears a little bit and start talking about actually conversions. So I'm a big believer that conversations lead to conversions. Like I genuinely Mm -hmm. believe that. And so One of the things that we do as a company every single day is we try and start as many new conversations every day as possible because, you know, leads generated today end up being a client signed up this week or next week. That's the way I look at it. And so what I'm going to do on day two is I'm going to teach a proprietary system that we use ourselves, that I teach to all of my paying clients that basically allows you to create a nice, steady, consistent stream of warm leads coming into your business Every single day, every week, every month of the year, without even spending a single dollar on adverts, in a way mm. that is simple, really easy to execute and understand, and that will get genuine results for you. So, we're going to do that on day two. And then day three, I'm going to be walking everybody through what I call my six figure and a roadmap, which will show everybody step by step exactly what they need to do. And most importantly, when they need to do it in their journey in order to get up to six figures and beyond. As quickly as possible, some people to go through this training will get up and over six figures or pro rata thereabouts within three months. Some people take a year, some people eighteen months. But follow the system, follow the roadmap. You know, the hint is in the word; it's a map. Follow it, and you'll get to your destination.
0: Mm -hmm. And amen to doing things in the right sequence. That's one of the most heartbreaking things that I see is so many people spending money on the wrong things early in their business. They watch some Facebook ad and they invest in this thing that it's like, that is step number 96 and you are on step one. And so I think that's one of the reasons why we trust people with you and sending people to you also, because I know you teach them, you know, like we do. There's a process to this. There's a a process,
1: you know, it's it's some things you should do, some things you should not do. And the things that you don't need to do, don't even look at doing them. Don't even think about doing them. You just stay in your lane. Remember the movie American Werewolf in London? Do You ever see that film? I never
0: saw it. I remember it being around. It's such but a good movie. It.
1: There's a part at the beginning of the film where the two backpackers, the American backpackers, are in Scotland or somewhere in the UK. And they're in an old pub one night, an old countryside pub. And this old scabby, crunchy looking old dude walks up to them and says, stay on the path. Don't drive off into the moors. Stay on the path kind of thing. What do you think happens? They go off the path. They go into the moors and one of them gets turned into a werewolf. So just follow the map and you won't get turned into a werewolf. Simple as that.
0: I don't, you I don't to, know where I was going with
1: that analogy, but I think- uh, it Follow works. the map.
0: It did. Yeah. Follow the map. Stay on the plan. So again, you can yeah. help head over to brandbuildersgroup.com slash elevated if you want to check this out. I recommend Chris. I trust Chris. You know, he is a real entrepreneur. He's built real businesses online and offline, which is very rare these days. So you can check that out. Three free days with him getting a chance to, to sample some of this work. And buddy, I just I miss you. It's good to see you. Thank you for making some time. I hope everything goes well, and make sure you look us up when you come back over to the U.S. of America. Without a
1: doubt, without a doubt, man, I, I can't wait to hang out with you guys again, and it'll be nice to see AJ again. It's been too long that we've been hung out in person. I think the last time we saw each other was beginning of 2020, just before everybody went COVID crazy, right? That, that was the last time I saw you in San Diego. Crazy. Yeah.
0: It goes by fast that way. Well, we wish you the best, brother. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it.